This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. Hour of Truth, starring Vincent Price, will be heard in just a moment on the Hollywood Star Playhouse. But right now, a word about more of the grand entertainment ABC brings you every Thursday. Just a little later, listen to the original Amateur Hour with Ted Mack. That is the terrific show which gives talented youngsters their toeholds on faith. You'll hear singers, dancers, musicians, all as they make their important debut. Tonight and every Thursday night, you get a glimpse into the entertainment world of the future as Ted Mack presents the performers who will be the big star material of tomorrow. Don't miss the original Amateur Hour with Ted Mack tonight on ABC. Now, Mr. Vincent Price on the Hollywood Star Playhouse. Hollywood Star Playhouse. Tales of Suspense, Thrills, Adventure by Hollywood's finest writers with Hollywood's top stars. Brought to you each week by the American Broadcasting Company. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Orville Anderson. Welcome to the Hollywood Star Playhouse. Charging toward him as a thousand-pound black fighting bull. Intelligence, the instinct of self-preservation, cry out to him to run, to run for life. But emotions and pride tell him to stand as terror and death rush toward him at express train speed. Relive this moment now with Mr. Vincent Price. This age-long moment the bullfighters call the Hour of Truth. Quite possibly you have already read what happened that Sunday in the bullring. It's your dad bias. And possibly, having read it, you wondered what strange form of madness led a graying Britisher to face almost certain death in the hot sun of a Mexican afternoon. And yet I had no choice. I was goaded to that hour as inexorably as the bull himself is driven. Till at length he lowers his head and turns to meet the steel. And the hour of truth has come. And the time for dying is at hand. We had come to Mexico in the spring to make a film about the bulls. I had been chosen to write the screenplay because when I was young, I had been an aficionado and followed the Corridas de Toros. And I had seen flashing horns tear the viscera like exploding shrapnel and learned that no man is brave enough or clever enough to win always over the beast. That even the most skillful will someday be tossed in the air like shaft and fall limply to the blood-soaked sand. I tried to put all of this into the picture, but it was hard, and I failed. I had come in the spring because of the film, and in the fall I stayed because of Dolores. What shall I say of Dolores del Campo? That she was the daughter of Don Felipe, who bred fighting bulls on the great hacienda near the city? That her hair was the copper of a new centavo? That she was twenty and I was nearing fifty? That we were in love, that it didn't matter, that we were in love and there was laughter between us, and nothing else mattered much until the time of the bulls came, until the red doors of the cantina in the Hotel Casa Grande swung open and fear moved toward me from across the room, and his name was Raul. 
I had not thought to see you here. I am so glad. Buenas noches, senor. <laughs> senor, last year you were not so formal. Last year was long ago. As you say, that was long ago. But it can do no harm for old friends to have a drink together. Surely your chaperone will not object. Senor Sidney is not my chaperone. He is my fiancé. Oh, I did not know. My apologies, senor. Ricardo, this is Raul Fernandez. He grew up on my father's hacienda. How do you do? Won't you join us for a drink? Gracias. Mozo, tres tequillas, por favor. You are a very lucky man, senor. Thank you. I think so, too. I know Dolores better than anyone. She is one wonderful girl. Always we are together since we are children, until I go away to become a matador de toros. Perhaps you have heard of me. In the ring, I'm called El Bravo, the brave one. Yes, I saw you fight this afternoon. Then you see how bull should be fought. Perhaps you come watch me again, you and your fiancé. I do not think he would be interested. Oh, but of course I forget. Senor Sidney is Anglo-Saxon. He does not care for the fiesta brava. But perhaps if he were to see more of it... I have seen Caridas before you were born. Truly? I did not know they fought bulls in your country. In Spain, where the matadors were artists, not jumping jacks and butchers. I am sure the senor does not mean to be insulting. It is only that he speaks of things about which he knows nothing. Ricardo knows more of the bulls than any man in Bias. He has written books about them. Books? It takes a brave man to write of the bulls. And he has fought them too. Alongside the greatest of the matadors, Mano a mano with Belmonte himself. Is that not so, Ricardo? In a way, but... Uh... Well, senor, is this indeed true? Yes. Yes, it is true. Again, I apologize. It is unfortunate that your years prohibit your re-entering the plaza. I should be happy to learn more of the proper way of fighting bulls from the expert. It has nothing to do with age. Ricardo retired long ago. He's, he's out of practice, that is all. I understand. As a man grows old, he learns fear. I've heard it often. And I've heard often that the matador who is not afraid is either a liar or a fool. And I say that I am not afraid of the bulls or of you, senor. Raul, 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 please. Get out of the way, Dolores. No. No, she's right. I'm sorry. I, I have been drinking. My father, he taught me to respect my elders. He would not like it that I act in this fashion, that I take advantage of another's infirmity. I can manage this old carcass pretty well, senor Fernandez. I should be delighted to continue our discussion any time, any place, any terms. Of course, senor. I should not think to question your courage. You must forgive us, Dolores and me, for becoming so excited. It is only that we are both so very young. You understand. Buenas noches, senor Sidney. Dolores. Insolent puppy. Well, you should not have angered him so, Carol. Carl has the great quickness of temper. And I do not like the way he looks at you. His eyes burned as they do in the plaza before the kill. I do not like that look. There is death in it. I shrugged and reached for my drink, but my hands were shaking, so I set it down again. Dolores smiled then and put her hand on mine to steady it. Beside her smooth fingers, the back of my hand appeared dried and wrinkled like the skin of an overripe melon. And I felt sick inside with the one disease for which there is no cure. You may pour the brandy wine and leave us. And Dolores, go to your room. I wish to speak to Ricardo. But, Papa. Oh, very well. 
Sometimes I do not think you realize that I am no longer a little girl. Either one of you. I'll wait for you in the garden, Ricardo. Oh, if he tries to postpone the wedding, just tell him we will elope. He's really very easy to handle if you are just firm with him. Uh, amigo, you did not tell me you had been a matador. My record's hardly been much to boast about, Don Felipe. A comic fight with wooden swords against heifers with padded horns. <laughs> and I seem to remember there was uh, brandy. And yet it was boasted of in the cantina last night. And Dolores misunderstood or lied out of pride. How could I explain to two angry children a joke that happened before they were born? <laughs> and they would not have laughed. no. But perhaps you should have told them, Amigo. It might have avoided this. Hmm? Don Sebastian Zapata, proprietor of the Plaza de Toros, is honored to invite the famed British matador, Senor Ricardo Sidney, to make his triumphal return to the Corridas on Sunday next. Presentation will feature a mano a mano with the local favorite Raul Hernandez, called El Bravo. This is absurd. Yeah, your position is very awkward, amigo. To say the least. If I refuse, I'm put down as an old man or a coward. If I accept oh, that... No, no, Ricardo. Do not think of that. When you have watched often from the stands, it begins to look easy, but it is not easy. There is danger in it. Quick death and much pain. This was 20 years ago. Ten even. Like... There are better ways to die, amigo, and better reasons for it. Now, if you will forgive me, there is a new cat I must see to. Uh, perhaps later you and Dolores would like to look at him, eh? He, he is small, but he is of good blood. Someday he will be very brave and very dangerous. Good night, my friend. When he had gone, I sat down at the table and began to compose my refusal to Senor Zapata. Then the bright splash of a matador's cape that hung against the wall caught my eye. I took it down and held it in my hands. The dryness of the air had filled the smooth silk with electricity, and a shock tingled through my fingers. I shook it once, and then ran a series of Medea Veronica's ending in a rebolera. They weren't bad. Not good, but not bad. <laughs> One's driving me into Valles. I have business there. With Senor Zapata? <laughs> there is no need. I have attended to it. You rode to Valles? You saw Zapata? I saw Raul. I told him you would not fight. I slapped his face. It was very funny. Well, it is over. Are you not pleased? It was my decision to make, Dolores. Mine only. It may be I shall have to fight. My honor is at stake. And yours also. Gracias, Ricardo. But I think I like a living husband. Even if you have to fight his battles for him, is that it? That is unfair. I went to Raoul because... Because, because you were afraid I'd seem ridiculous in the plaza, and then you'd be laughed at, too. You should have thought of that before you lied to him in the cantina. There was no lie. You told me you had fought with Belmonte. A comic corrida. More than 20 years ago. But you, you had to show off to your childhood sweetheart. Now I may die for it. You seem to forget, Ricardo. It was not I who began to quarrel with Raoul. It was your stupid jealousy. You are always jealous of anyone younger or stronger. Thank you. 
Ricardo, can't you see? I chose you. Not Raul. Not anyone else. And if you go into that plaza on Sunday, I shall never forgive you. Whether you are killed or not. Never! She had dug her heels into the pale sides of the Palomino and was gone before I could answer. The hot wind molding her long copper hair into a trembling, defiant banner. I knew that she had left me no choice. Senor Zapata. Si, si. Buenos dias, Senor Sin. Buenos dias. You come to settle the arrangements. Bueno, bueno. Sit down, Senor. You are acquainted with El Bravo, si? Yes, we've met. Buenos dias. I'll show me, amigo, here the posters for Sunday. You like, yes? Your name, it comes first. That is because you are the novelty. Well, perhaps I should explain. I've been retired from the Cletus for many years. I don't feel that at this time I should... Ah, see, see. Natural amendment. Clipped, you know. Posters, the quadrille. Raoul assures me you are most anxious, so I go ahead with the arrangements. But I am a little surprised. A man of your years with a limp, too. Those old coronados can be most dangerous. It is, of course, a wound from the horns. The bone was damaged by a piece of high-explosive shell at a place called Omaha Beach. And not so very long ago. Forgive me, senor. I forget there are many places for a man of valor to show his courage. I regret your decision, senor, but uh, I shall find a substitute. Thank you. Good day. Senor Sidney. Yes? She will not let you fight, will she? I don't see that it is any of your business. No? You think it is because she loves you, because she is afraid for you. But it is not you she thinks of, it is me. Here, look at this letter. Do you recognize the hand? Read it, go on, you have my permission. Very well, I read it for you. Do not ever again ask me to watch you fight. Because each time I see you close to the horns, a part of me dies. She wrote this. Why not ask her, senor? Senor Zapata. Eh? You may as well distribute those posters. The noted British matador, senor Ricardo Sidney, will make his triumphal comeback in your mano a mano on Sunday. We'll continue with Act Two of Hollywood Star Playhouse in just a moment. Defense is the job of every American. Yes, to be strong and secure, our country needs the help of every citizen. Defense bonds provide that help. They help to make America strong financially. They help to curb inflation. And they make the individual family more secure. Peace is for the strong. Security for those who earn it. Invest in peace and security through United States defense bonds. Join the payroll savings plan or the bond a month plan and buy extra bonds during the defense bond drive. Now, Act Two of Hour of Truth, starring Mr. Vincent Price. Before when 
I wrote that letter to Raul before you came, before I loved you. You've got to believe me, Ricardo. It was before. It doesn't matter now, Dolores. But, but you, you can go to Senor Zapata. Tell him you were tricked. You, you... No, no, it's too late for that. I'm not fighting for you anymore. It's for myself. For a bunch of crepe paper and tinsel like the stuff on a banderilla. Youth, love, honor. And it is nothing then that I love you? As you are for what you are? Do you? I have told you. And I didn't hear you. I see. Of course, Dolores, you mean something. You're a symbol, a trophy for the victor to whom the spoils belong. A trophy like the ear of the bull to signify the triumph of man over the brute. Very well, Ricardo. If this is your choice... I have no choice. Even if it means your death? Even then. Jorge Chiliero was waiting for me at the practice corral of the hacienda... The grizzen bandaliero who had fought in every major plaza in the Americans knew me instantly for a fake, the grossest kind of amateur. But he made no comment. He only spat through his teeth and began to work, demonstrating the passes on the household cows and an old seed bull with stubbed off horns, patiently, doggedly, as one teaches a backward child or an old horse too long unbroken to the harness. Keep the rag low, hombre. Make him watch it. Or he looks for you with the horns. Another Veronica, hombre. Swing him back in his own leg. Keep the feet together. This is not a dance, hombre. This is serious business. Closer, hombre. Closer over the horns. You cannot kill if you're not willing to die. Well, my friend, have I... Have I learned enough? Not enough. But there is no more time. Tomorrow in the plaza, do little with the cape. Uh. And do not try for adornments. Or to place the bandolieros yourself. You know something of the Mileta. Have some grace with it. You should get by. Uh, thanks, amigo. And the kill, will I get by there, too? Well, there is always luck in that, hombre. The fatal spot is small. The sword may strike bone or bend double in the muscle. The spot is small... The risk, certain. But if I draw easy bulls tonight, I should be all right. See, si, hombre, if you draw easy bulls. It was dark in the pens underneath the bull ring. The single electric bulb threw the shadows of the four bulls grotesquely large against the whitewashed walls. Three of them stood quietly enough, but the fourth, a gigantic brute, appropriately named Angelo Negro, rushed from side to side, butting his head against the planking, causing the whole structure to shake. Senors, the bulls are in the hat. Mano a mano, two matadors, two bulls each. I shake the hat, so, and you choose, Senor Sidney. Uh, number 62, Umberto. The number 45, Angelo Negro. Ha <laughs> ha! Bueno, bueno. He is mucho toro, senor, that black angel. Mucho toro.
We made the paseo side by side, El Bravo and I. The music played, but I could not see the trumpeters, for the copper-colored sun was in my eyes. We moved as one in the age-old ceremony, stepping in rhythm to the music from sun into shadow, stopping before the judges, and then tossing our embroidered capes towards the same box, where a girl was sitting with copper-colored hair like the sun, or a burnished centavo. For a moment, she held them both in her hand. Then she threw one carelessly towards the box where the alcalde sat and spread the other on the parapet in front of her. I wondered which it was, but the sun was in my eyes. And then there was no more time for wondering. Step back, hombre. Here it comes again. Hey, that is mucho toro. Five forty kilos, eh? Yes, he, he he looks bigger than last night. <laughs> it doesn't matter, hombre. He hooks to the right. Remember that. <laughs> Senor Sidney, your bull is ready. Do not keep him waiting. He might get angry. <laughs> it is time, hombre. God go with you. Hey, Toro! Hey, Toro! Toro! Charge, you brute! I don't know! Came at me like a Sherman tank at full speed. I managed to work my frozen muscles into a semblance of a Veronica and lured him off. He came back without my asking. I tried two more Veronicas in a farol. I didn't do them well, and I slipped as I pivoted. The bull wheeled short and came for me again. The cape of the bandilleros turned him off. I wasn't working close enough to the horns, and I knew it. And the crowd knew it, too. A couple of pillows were thrown into the ring, kicking dust into my face. It didn't matter. The instinct of self-preservation was too strong. I couldn't get close to those flashing horns. I couldn't. I, I signaled for the picadors to begin, and the crowd hooted. The horse! Hombre, the horse! The big slip! Toro! Toro! Here! Toro! Toro! Followed my lead, charging short and turning... I passed him in a series of linked Veronicas. I could feel his hot, scented breath on my face as I wound him round me, drawing him past with a cape and winding him back like the skirt of a dancer's pirouette. Somewhere in the stands, the band struck up the same old music. But there was a new tune mixed in, the heady music of the Orles. I spun the bull in his own length, his legs crossed, and he dropped to his knees. Then I made two more quites, drawing the bull away from the horses. They weren't as spectacular as the first, but they got by well enough. Then the banderillas went in. They were good men and planted the sticks well. But the bull's head didn't drop much. He grew cautious and crafty. But there was still fire in his charges and danger. Hombre, the sticks are planted. The rest is between you and the bull. I picked up the new letter and the sword and walked toward the judge's box. I received the permission to kill and took off my hat to dedicate the bull. I thought of throwing it to Dolores, but I'd said I wasn't fighting for her, so I carelessly dropped it on the sand. Then I turned and Angelo Negro was in the middle of the ring waiting for me. We were alone, the two of us, a fighting bull and an old man with a limp. The tercio of the death had begun. The hour of truth was at hand. The great bull charged almost before I was ready, but he followed the moving corner of the muleta. 
My confidence began to grow. I ran a set of linked naturals, finishing off with a cambiado, the pecho. It went well enough till I tried bringing him across my chest again. The wind caught the near end of the surge, and he hooked too close. I felt the braid tear across my chest, and the blood from his shoulder smeared my arm. And I knew that I was finished. I couldn't take any more. I'd given all I had, and it wasn't enough. He wasn't ready for the kill, but I had to try it. He stood motionless, waiting. I profiled true and leaned in toward him. But his head came up and the sword flew skyward. The horn tore my hip in a searing flash of pain. I stumbled towards the barrera while the crowd hooted. The wound was only a scratch. I could have stayed in the ring, but I was old and tired and finished. Do not worry, Senor Sidney. I kill him for you. It is very simple. I demonstrate. Observe, Senor. Raul! Raul, wait! It's... it's dangerous. He isn't ready. Ah! Never even got the sword into the muscle. The bull met him halfway and tossed him skyward off horns dipped in his blood. They tell me that I shouted, that the bull was mine, that I raced into the ring with only the sword in hand. They say I charged bull-like at the black monster, bellowing in answer to his bellow, turning him away from the fallen man. I remember none of that. I remember only leaning in over the bloody horns and driving the blade to the hilt and staggering back as the bull fell to his knees and sinking into a blackness that was red with the color of dying. I came to in the infirmary under the bull ring. The doctors were sewing up Raul Fernandez, El Bravo. There was another figure beside the surgical table. Her face was pressed close to Raoul's, so I couldn't see it. But I could hear her sobs from under the mass of burnished copper hair that fell over the pillow of the unconscious matador. On the table beside me were two ears and a tail. Trophies of triumph. I picked them up and walked into the passage that led out of the plaza... I felt fine as I walked out into the sunlight, and I kept on walking all the way to the airport. Thrilling stories ever put on the air. A thrilling performance, too. Thanks, Orville. And don't forget the rest of the cast. Joan Banks, Harry Bartell, Alan Reed, Gerald Moore, and Bob Griffin. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Vincent. Vincent Price can currently be seen in the RKO production, His Kind of Woman. Tonight's play was written especially for Mr. Price by Robert Yale Libet with music by Basil Adlam. The entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. Now, here is the star of next week's thrilling story on Hollywood Star Playhouse, Mr. Edmund Gwen. Hmm, if I put my mind to it, my trained mind, a good mind, I could commit the 
perfect crime with perfect safety. And since I have plenty of reason for committing that crime, who's to stop me? Hmm? Who can outwit me? <laughs> Thanks, Edmund Gwen. And the harmless-sounding title for next week is The Professor Stays at Home. On tonight's program, all characters and incidents were fictitious. Any similarity to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. And now, this is Orville Anderson saying goodnight for Hollywood Star Playhouse. This is Vincent Price again, reminding you that Ted Mack is standing by now to bring you the original Amateur Hour. Be sure to stay tuned. This program has come to you from Hollywood.